Welcome to 24 Karis. I'm Kelly Johnson. We're so excited that you're here with us to wrap up this series on creating inclusive and equitable communities with none other than the Tasha Heron Bruff from the Dallas Regional Chamber. Uh, make sure if this is your first time kind of getting in on this series, make sure you go back and listen to the other episodes. Great conversations. Um, of course, I'm here with Annalisa Lamo from our culture transformation team. Uh, Tasha, we've so enjoyed having you. Thank you oh, so I much. I love being here. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, it's been great. So we were thinking, I think we are all synced up, mm -hmm. that we should wrap up just really picking your brain and asking you to maybe give other regions, other chambers advice. Mm. Um, how can you know, maybe they feel like they don't have the right resources yeah. or whatever it might be, but what advice would you give to other chambers? Um, one of the, you know, we talked about Dallas being its own city, but being every city. Um, you know, a lot of the work that we're doing is not unique to the region that we're in. But I, I will say that this work has to be part of the DNA of the organization and its leadership has to be on board with this. Um, I remember when I was in the interview process at the DRC and boy, they take you through the gauntlet mm -hmm. to, to, to work for the DRC. And, and I remember saying specifically, you know, diversity, equity, and inclusion work is really about trust, building trust. And, and particularly in the work that I was tasked to do in communities, that don't always see the business community represented or see themselves represented in the business community. And so what it was gonna require is that our leadership was going to be on board with this. And this wasn't gonna be a grand proclamation, but that we were gonna actually be intentional about moving from conversation to action. And one of the things that I said, if this was not gonna be that, then I would just not do it, right? And, and I would say to other chambers is let's be intentional and make sure that your board and your leadership really understands that this is about trust and you can't start this and not finish it, right? And you, you have to be all in and intentional. And so, you know, those DEI practitioners or CEOs for other chambers who want to do this work um, really has to make sure that their board members and member companies are really in alignment with what the organization wants to do. Because once you have those champions, um, the other things begin to work together, right? Because these are trusted voices in the, in the business community that can use their influence um, to really help further, whether you have an educational initiative or leadership or um, public safety, having those champions in your uh, membership and on your board are, can really make the difference of success or failure. Yeah, so what's coming to mind, and this, this might be a little um, controversial to a degree, yes. so what if you do have a few leaders within a chamber who they get it yeah. and they, they want to do this work and they see the importance, but they may may not feel like they have the support around them. Mm. Um, how? What advice would you give for those who maybe have a a, a higher climb mm. to influence those around them? And quite frankly, in this current environment, there are external messages that sure. 
um, really kind of paint a, a lens around DEI that may make it seem as if it's not favorable to do this work? Sure. Well, you know, I think first, I think if you're a chamber in doing this work, you have to be able to state the business case for DEI, right? And and understand that, you know, organizations that are invested in the work of diversity, equity, and inclusion are far more profitable and productive than, than organizations that aren't. But then that's the head case for that. And there's a lady that works with us who always talks about there's this duality of the head and the heart. And the heart case has to be that our people matter, right? And that it's about prioritizing people. And so it's not just prioritizing the dollar, but also prioritizing the people that make up our region. And we can only be our best region if all of our people are well and supported and growing and thriving, not just some of them. So, and, and in making that case, you need to be informed. You need to do your homework. You need to know, um, data. you need to have data to be able to back up CEOs and, and leaders. They like to see data and understand the data. And so, and if you don't have that close proximity to that, you might want to reach out to an organization like Kiris <laughs> to be able, to, to, like to, to, be able to help you navigate yeah. through those things because um, a lot of our smaller chambers or chambers that are just dipping their toe in this need that hand from an expert that has done research and that is formidable in, in having these conversations. And, and you don't have to do it by yourself. And so I think it would be smart to engage help um, when you don't have it readily available to you in your own organization. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I appreciate that. And Annalise, I'll kick it over to you in a second. But the one thing that also comes to mind, and we've worked with some boards um, on this, um, kind of nonprofit boards as well, who are in the early stage of getting that alignment mm. at leadership level, right? Before right. they kind of go out and activate a plan. And that is um, training. Sure. Right? Like, yes, the data, absolutely, all day, every day. But what we have found um, as a good best practice is training your board. Um, really bringing everyone up to a common vocabulary, a yes. common understanding around this space, and using that as a launching pad, as a catalytic, to, yeah. uh, to borrow your phrase, kind of a catalytic m movement sure. um, to begin to get that alignment because sometimes the heart gets in the way of the head. Yes. If yes. we're not aligned oh, to this absolutely. work, right? A hundred percent. Go ahead. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> and, and even, even, uh, leaders that are engaged in this work still need education and still need training, right? And still, we, we can't take it for granted. We don't know everything, you know, and, and we need to continue to immerse ourselves in understanding. And you're right, you know, not only having advocacy from your board and your leadership, but making sure they have a great understanding of this work, you know, and, and rally around language and and alignment and so I, I just think that you're absolutely right in saying that you know a lot of our leaders just need information and education mm -hmm. around the why right and let's not assume that they know um and 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 make sure that we're able to provide that to them yes mm -hmm. i agree 
Yeah, and I think to add to that with, you know, the, the climate out there that's external or different messages people hear and associate with DEI, it's important to educate on what it is and what yeah. it isn't. Right. You know, because um, you could take a concept and go far down the path yeah. um, that may be detrimental um, if sure. you're not ready. If sure. your organization or your community is not ready for it, it's what's the steps it needs to take to get there. I do want to drill down further something you said earlier too, at the, you know, assuming we've got leadership, yeah. board buy-in, all of that, what's the first fundamental stepping stone? Like we always say, we try not to boil the ocean because yeah. I'm sure we want to solve world hunger yeah. and everything, right? Yeah. Um, but for a chamber that's just starting in this work or you know, community or organization, what's some of the best practices so that we don't overwhelm ourselves? Yeah, I, I would say understanding your community, right? Spending time listening. A lot of times we give out a lot of information as chambers. That's what we are. We give resources, we give information. Not many times are we taking the information mm. in. And when we talk about communities and how we best serve communities, but also work with communities, is listening. And I think that is probably in the, if you want to do this work, especially around equitable and inclusive communities, you have to learn to listen. You have to go to the community. Don't assume they're going to come to you, right? Inviting um, them, uh, the community, when I say them, the community, to be part of the conversation, right? And, and not taking for granted that communities don't have ideas of what they want and what they want to see and how do we align on that. And then you talk about boiling the ocean. Think about what are the things that you can do as a chamber. You don't have to do five or six initiatives, maybe there's one, right? Yes. That you could really get your chamber uh, rallied around. Um, when the vaccination, um, we wanted to see increased vaccination rates, we rallied behind that, right? How do we get communities more educated around vaccines? Now, we're a chamber, but we worked with local organizations that were trusted to deliver that information. And that was a way we could uh, engage with our communities. And so maybe it's something that's outside of your normal work, but you work with someone else to get that done. And I think that's important, that collaborative spirit around um, a lot of the DEI initiatives that need that are needed in the community. Yeah, I think before we wrap up, the one thing that's coming to mind is we asked you to give advice to other chambers maybe speak to those businesses that are not chamber members, yes. both in this region <laughs> and in others, yeah. right? Like what's, maybe organizations have moved away from a membership with yeah. the chamber. So maybe speak to the value of that and, and why that's also important. Look, you know, I, that is such a great question, Kelly. The chamber is a wonderful way if you are a business to really make sure that the needs um, and desires of your business is heard, right? And so with a chamber's work in policy and talent and economic development, you know, our DNA is to make sure that our business climate is well, that it's healthy, that it's thriving. And you want to be a part of that as a business, right? And then you want to be part of a collective and a community of other organizations that also want um, the best for your region. And so it's great to be part of the influence that the chamber has, um, the level of resources I was talking about, the output that we give to our members. Is, is, there are things that you couldn't get anywhere else. Mm -hmm. um, we have an amazing research and data team that provide 
uh, information on tech, right? How we're growing in tech. And if you wanted to grow um, your tech talent pool, how do you do that? So chambers can really be a resource for an organization. So I would encourage anybody, if they're not, they should be. Absolutely. All right. You have been amazing, Tasha. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Thank um, you. I feel like we could definitely keep going, but I think you've given so much wisdom and perspective for organizations and other regions on how to create more inclusive, more equitable communities and regions, um, both externally within the community, but also in our organization. So thank you so much. Oh, thank you for having me. Thank you. Absolutely. Yes, this has been great. All right, everybody. I hope you have enjoyed. We hope you've enjoyed this series, um, really looking at the community, going outside of the proverbial walls of our organizations to really look at how we can extend our reach around inclusion, around equity and diversity. We hope that this um, series, along with all the others, have really helped support your commitment to living out your values around diversity and inclusion. Um, we hope that you will like and subscribe this episode, share it with your network, and until next time, we will see you soon.